Man, it's going to be an awesome night. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I just want to say something. The Holy Ghost spoke to me just as I was getting up here about uh, Ben and Kara, and as soon as I started taking the stage, I just heard the Lord say, they have such a heart of honor. You know, when you honor people, you honor the Lord, you honor uh, those that are in your house, there's a culture of honor here that's going to be given back to you. And uh, I'm just telling you right now, watch what God does with this church. Watch what God does with this community. Um, I just believe so strongly that God's going to raise this up with an apostolic mandate to begin to change this area, to begin to change uh, arenas, and begin to do things that God has marked them to do. I got to tell you, Ben and Kara are some of the finest people I know. And if you're looking for a home church and you want to be here, man, look no further. I'll tell you what, if you live in this area, this is a great church to go to. And uh, I encourage you to really uh, tie in with them and watch your life change just by listening to the man of God teach, worship, and preach at you. It'll be good. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory say, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. Man, we are going to get into it tonight. We're going to have a meeting like the Apostle Paul would have had if he was here. Some of you are like, really? Well, I'll say it a better way. You don't need Paul. I'm here. Something like that. It's arrogance. No, man. Paul had the Holy Ghost. We got the same Holy Ghost he had. We got the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. You know, has. And we got to recognize this. The Spirit of God is upon us. So we're going to get into this tonight. And uh, every one of us can walk in. Start out by saying this too. Say, my presence demands an explanation. That means wherever you go, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you go, it means you're bringing Jesus with you, period. It's just that simple. We are going to punish the kingdom of darkness tonight. Well, before we get into it, I want to go ahead and give away just a few things. Uh, we're here to do that. Thank you, Dave. Got um, my lovely wife, Heather, is here. Heather, do you just stand up and wave at everybody tonight? Praise God. She's so beautiful. Every time I know how much God loves me when I look at Heather. It's true. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. Um, I built two Bible colleges over the years, and uh, God said, I want you to be a prophet instead. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And, uh, but in one of the sessions we did, we taught, and this is an excerpt of that called Origins of the Bible. Have you ever wondered how we got our Bible, how it was written, how we began to do these things? This teaching here will help you uh, summarize where we got the scriptures from and why they're so valid and why we stand on them. You know, some people say, I believe the Bible, but when you say why, people go, uh, because Jesus? They don't know the answer to why they believe the Bible. This will help you with your why. So if you want this teaching tonight, somebody lift up your hand. We'll get that to you right now. Let's hand that out to somebody. Um, this is another. This is like analytical night. Praise the Lord. Um, we have another teaching here called apologetics. We've been giving this away all week on our live broadcast. But uh, if you would like this tonight, this is for you to give an answer for your faith. If somebody gets in your faith, face, not in your faith, praise God. If they get in your face and they say, hey, you know, uh, you know, prove the existence of God. Then they say, you know, here's an example. This will be in this teaching. One example is people say, where does God come from? And you say, he had no beginning. And they say, that's ludicrous. That's crazy. How could he have no beginning? And then you say, two plus two equals four, right? Anybody believe in math? Okay, two plus two equals four, right? Where was that beginning at? Where did two plus two equals four get its origin at? Where did it come from? Should I answer it? It had no beginning. It's just a principle we discovered. 
2 plus 2 equals 4 always was. We just discovered it. That's very similar to God. Apologetics. Apologetics is how you defend the faith. If anybody would like this, go ahead and lift up your hand. We'll get a hold of that. Kara wants it. Give it to Kara. That has to happen. And we have all these teachings back here. Another one where I'll just give this real quick, real quick. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Look at this. This one here, USA and Bible prophecy. For years, I don't know if you're like me, but I taught that America is nowhere in prophecy or in the Bible. And the Holy Ghost said, Joseph, quit saying that. I said, why? I, I, I'm like formally trained in biblical, biblical theology, not whatever I was saying, speaking in tongues. You know, I'm formally trained in this stuff, and I never found that. I began to study, and the Lord said, look a little deeper. Use your heart. Begin to go in. Use, use the eyes of your understanding. Study the word. And I found some very unique things that very possibly could show that Israel and the United States stand together in the end times. And so I do that in this teaching. We get into a lot of stuff around it, but we answer that question the best I know to with this teaching right here, USA and Bible prophecy. This is a part we're beginning, and we're going to really bring this home at a, another point as well. Anybody want this tonight? Praise God. That's a good one. And then finally, uh, the book I've, you know, my favorite book, my best book I've ever written, Voice of God. And I'll just use Ashley's words. It's the only book I've ever written. Praise God. That's why it's the best. But <laughs> you did. Huh? So I just want to say this to you. Uh, Voice of God's a great book. I have a number of other books coming out soon. But this is a book that talks about my journey in the prophetic. God spoke to me audibly at the age of nine, began to shout at me over the trees. And I ran home to say, what, what do you want? I said to my parents, you know, what do you want? My dad, actually, what, what do you want? And he said, I didn't call you. And it happened over and over and over again as a little kid. And I began to hear the voice of God. And this is the journey I had with the voice of God. There's wild stories in here, prophetic journeys, demons coming out, and then where we kind of landed and why we're in the position we're in today. This will really help you if you have an inkling for the prophetic in your life. So if anybody would like that, go ahead and hand that out to somebody. Praise God. So we have all that back at the table there. We've got a lot of stuff that you can look and avail yourself to it. Praise God. Man, I am so encouraged tonight. I got to tell you, you know what the Holy Ghost said to me? He said to me very clearly, he said, he said, people need encouragement, and we're going to drive a spirit of fear right out of your heart tonight. We're going to just punish the spirit of fear. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see Lisa and Sean here. We had a good time with you guys uh, just a while back. It was great being with you. Good to see you again. You guys are awesome. God bless you. You're good friends, good people. I speak life over you tonight. Man, isn't God good? You know, there's so many things going on. I've had people calling me left and right just saying, you know, what's going to happen in America, Joseph? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? And they start getting into end times. Are we going to, uh, you know, what's the end going to look like? What's going to happen here? here? Here's what I know. Jesus didn't say learn of the end times, although we should. You know what he said? Learn of me. Learn of me. Learn of Jesus. And I've just got to say to you tonight, man, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, I got to say to you tonight, as we begin to step into what God has for us and we pay attention to the high call of the Lord on our life, I believe very clearly the more we begin to know the Lord, we can alter the narrative we're seeing with what's presently going on in the circumstances around us and even with an end time scenario. We don't have to just allow it to happen. 
People say, well, I, I don't know if I believe that. Well, you believe that Moses slowed down the call of God by about 30 years. Remember that one? Moses decided, I'm going to fulfill this calling. And an Egyptian started fighting another guy, and he took a whatever. Before that, actually, he's seen him beat up a countryman. And he went and uh, killed that Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Remember that story? Moses is like, I got this. <laughs> right? And he put him in the, in the dirt. Right? And then the next day, another guy, two guys are fighting. And they said, you're going to kill us like you did the Egyptian. Remember that? And Moses, because of that, fled into the wilderness. Many things happened. And it cost the prophetic word of the Lord 30-something years before Moses fulfilled it. He actually altered the timeline of God. Now, that's in a negative sense. I believe we can do it in a positive sense. It says in the epistle so clearly that we can hasten the coming of the Lord, but I believe what it means is we can also alter the timeline of what's happening. Now, the end times, what's going to happen in the Bible, wherever your eschatology may land you, you begin to recognize some of those things are absolutely unavoidable. It's written. It is written. But I believe when is a conversation piece between us and God. No man knows the hour, I think, because God's still deciding. Everybody okay? Should take a deep breath and be like, this is going to be a good night. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. How many of you, this is your first time seeing me? First time seeing Man, you guys are in for a real treat tonight. You're going to really be blessed. Okay, now you recognize something about this. God is waking up his remnant. God is waking up what I like to call the red church, the mobilized heart of God, the people that believe the blood of Jesus, the, the, the heart of the Lord. You just begin to go forward. The fire-baptized believers that are standing up in the middle of adversity, they're the remnant. It's the remnant that is rising. It's the remnant that's beginning to stand up. And God has always reserved for himself 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to the system to bear or anything else. Praise God. Man. So we're going to get into the word just a little bit tonight, and we're going to begin to open up a can on the kingdom of darkness. Man. You know what the church needs right now? Faith. We actually have to act like Christians right now. It's kind of amazing. It's like, really? Like, we, wow, we're not just singing these songs. We got to, like, believe this stuff. <laughs> we actually got to stand up and step forward. Man, just a couple weeks ago, I got invited to the White House. We're probably going to be going there again soon. I don't know. And uh, we have some standing invitations. We got things going on. And I just got to say to you, the Lord wants to speak to his body because right now, God's bringing a breakthrough. Let me tell you something else. I believe God's going to begin to bring a wake-up call. Pastor Ben was telling me about some things that are in business leaders in his heart that he wants to begin to bring forward. I'm telling you, God's going to begin to use the ministry to engage business leaders and vice versa, meaning the other way around also. And here's what I see happening. I believe there's coming a secret and then sudden revival coming out of marketplace leaders. I believe it's going to be a really powerful scenario. Now, what I want to say about it is this. I was in a business meeting two weeks ago, a business meeting. It was not a, a meeting with a bunch of Christians in it, or I shouldn't say it was not geared to be a Christian meeting. You know, people would get up there and, and uh, they'd shout hallelujah and then they'd cuss. And... Uh, you know, when you come from church all the time, that gets your attention. You're like, okay, <laughs> right? 
So we're in this business leaders meeting, we're doing this stuff, and they said, Joseph, we're so glad you're here because God has put it on my heart to help business leaders. I'm in this meeting, and at the very end, they said, we want to just give you five minutes, five minutes to get up and begin to talk. And I said, sure, I'm happy to do it, honored to do it. And so I got up, a few hundred people at this conference, got up and just started talking, and the Holy Spirit came on me. And as I'm talking, they said, just five minutes. As I'm talking, this, this woman jumps up in the audience and she's weeping, okay? And I'm just trying to like put on my best business hat and be like, you know, business is the engine of democracy. We need to figure out how we're going to do this thing. And then I was just like, but you need Jesus, that kind of thing. And uh, so we're, we're going through it. Allison, this lady jumps up in the meeting, starts weeping, comes to the front, and two business leaders bring her to the stage, kind of bewildered, like, what's happening? And she had had a broken back and multiple surgeries and, has, and, and wasn't there for a healing meeting or anything. And God miraculously healed her without her uh, cooperation in the meeting. She's like, what's happening to me? My back's going back together. She comes on stage. She's weeping. And, I, I, and it turned into a Benny Hinn crusade. <laughs> right? I was like, Steve, what's going on over there? Stand it up again, Steve. Bring it here. No, anyway, whatever. And so we're going through this thing. And, and as this is happening, she's standing there crying. And all of a sudden, she got miraculously healed. Her back got put back together. She's crying, and she could barely utter the words because she was so touched and healed. And nobody laid a hand on her. We were just releasing the power of God in the room. And so then the Holy Spirit came on me and said, there's, a, there's an atheist over there. Tell him. I was like, okay. I looked over at this guy and I said, you think this way, you think that way. And sir, the universe didn't bring you here. God brought you here. And here's why. We went on a bunch of things and he, along with other people after that, started running to the altar and giving their life to Jesus. That's a good business meeting. Yeah. So they, the five minutes turned into one o'clock in the morning ministering to people. Praise God. Man, I'm here with gifts to give you. I'm here loaded tonight. Praise God. We didn't get all dressed up for nothing. <laughs> Jesus is awesome. You think God's in a cold sweat over what's happening in America right now? No. Uh-uh. Listen, the early church, you know who they had to deal with? This crazy guy named Nero. Nero was an early church, uh, early history rather, emperor, Roman emperor, and he began to run the area. He, he, he blamed Christians for the burning of Rome and all these kind of things. Nero was also, you know, you see these guys that are so wealthy in the world system that they actually, all of a sudden, they just become adventurers, explorers, and artists. You ever seen that? They have so much stupid money, and they don't really know what to do with it, so they're just like, I'm an artist, right? They just go down that road. That was Nero. Nero was just in charge of everything, so he decided he was an artist, right? Emperor Nero. And there's a reason with this, right? And so he began to do concerts for his own benefit. He'd have people come to his concerts. He'd be there, and it was mandatory that the citizens came to Nero's concerts. And he would play, and people couldn't stand the music so much that there was a point they would go and begin to kill themselves at the concerts. <laughs> History, okay? It's real stuff. They'd go to the windows. They're like, I can't take it anymore. And they'd launch out the window and kill themselves out of the stadium. Ah, right? Was that too much? <laughs> Praise God. 
So you recognize that. They, they fell out of the windows. They couldn't take it. And Nero's in there. And when Nero finally decided to take his own life or end his reign of stupidity, one of the things that happened is as he's dying, he said, oh, what a great artist the world is losing, <laughs> right? And so Nero's going through that. But Nero, he was a maniac. He was probably insane. I think not probably. He was insane. And you recognize he persecuted the church. In other words, that was the church's political climate when the church started. Nero. Then you got a guy that was shortly after him named Domitian. Domitian was the guy that threw John the Revelator into a boiling pot of oil and burned him alive, except John supernaturally lived. And that freaked Domitian out so much, he exiled him to Patmos, that island where he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, you recognize this and you say, wow, what, why are you bringing this up? Because the church is born to overcome in adverse times. Thank you, those of you who are clapping. The other ones that are like, that's okay. I'm telling you, the church is born to overcome. We are born to overcome. We're born for adversity. We, uh, listen to me, say this out loud right now. Say, on a bad day, I'm called to be the best there is. One more time, on a bad day, I'm called to be the best there is. You know, it's okay for the church to have a spine. It's okay to not be depressed. People are like, what are we going to do? I don't know, maybe believe the book? <laughs> Praise God. Man, friend of mine, Andrew Womack, right now he's looking at potentially going to prison. Yeah, because he stood up against some nefarious things that are going on. i got to tell you, I'm praying for him. There's things that are happening. There's a lot of people taking a stand right now. But you know what? We don't have to be down about anything. I think our greatest hour is still to come. As a matter of fact, I think the greatest awakening we've ever seen is on the horizon. Is on the horizon. I remember being in a meeting in 1992. I was in a meeting in 1992. And as I was there, a prophet named John Paul Jackson came walking to the front of the stage and he pointed at me and I was wearing a steel cross, like an iron cross. He said, young man with the iron cross, stand up. And I stood up in this meeting. He began to tell me, I've called you to be a voice. I've called you to go forward. I've called you to do these things. And he began to lay out for me what my life was gonna look like and how my marriage was gonna go and all the things that were in it. And he began to lay all this stuff out for me. And God began to call me dramatically. And I remember going backstage and looking at him and saying, what is going on? What was that all about? And he's just staring through me. You know, the prophet of God. You're like, oh, man, that's, like, that's amazing. And um, everybody okay? If you got religion in you, you're going to really not like this service. <laughs> Praise God. I, you know what I am? I'm a religious sleeping cow tipper. When cows are sleeping, religion cows, you know, the cow of religion, the sleeping cow, you know, just moo, right? You, you go up to that cow, and what you do is you tip it over, and it's like, moo, right? Praise God. Jesus was hard on religion. Thank you, Lord. 
So I got this prophetic word, and I got called out in that setting, and something began to engage in me. I remember when I was with Dave Duell in 1991, 1990 maybe, and I remember when Mikhail Gorbachev, there was a coup that happened, and they took Gorbachev and kept him in captivity, and Dave Duell stood up and prophesied. He prophesied, don't worry, this is going to be okay. It looks bad, but I have my hand on this, and it will come out for the good, and all these things, and this will be over quickly, and he prophesied to the day when it would happen, and I remember hearing that and something woke up inside me praise God some of you are going to wake up inside tonight thank you Jesus the devil's been trying to man I'm telling you the devil's been trying to hold a veil over some of you man if we knew how much if we knew how much horsepower we had on the inside we wouldn't be timid for anybody nobody I was walking through the airport, and this, this family with a face shield and eye coverings and, like, ten masks on their face was yelling at us, and they're like, where's your mask? I'm like, what are you going to the, like, Olympics? <laughs> and they were like, you know, and they're coming after Dave. They're like, where's your mask? You know, and, and all that. And I was just like, I don't know, next to my Bill of Rights? Is that too much? That was too much. Praise God. <laughs> So anyway, praise God. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I love you guys, man. We're going to have a really good night. Take a deep breath. It gets better, okay? So yeah, come on, Jesus. Now listen, when we're walking through these things, now I'm not saying that we want to hurt small businesses or if they have things or the state's going to hurt them. I comply for the sake of the people. I don't want to torture people that have, an, have a, another thumb on them, right? or they're under pressure by another person. But when regular citizens are walking around and there's no mandate in the area you're walking in, and they're like, where's your mask? I'm like, where's your brain? Everybody okay? I, I know this is strong, but this is a prophet. Okay, and so, all right. So, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Oh, God's good. Somebody along the way began to teach the church that we're supposed to be weaklings. There's a difference between being bold and being mean. We need to be bold but not mean. We need to be sweet and loving and filled with the Holy Ghost and bringing joy to people. Man, if your Christian walk isn't when you're going into places and seeing demons manifest, you might not be reading the Bible enough and spending time with the Holy Ghost enough. Man, Dave and I walk into places, and he's like, man, these people manifest demons. I'm like, yeah. Welcome to the prophetic, baby. <laughs> man. Some of you might have people lying on you right now, talking about you, not being nice to you. Congratulations. That's a stamp of approval that you're about to be promoted. <laughs> some of you, if criticism could kill you, you'd be dead by now. The devil should have killed some of you when he had the chance, because it's too late tonight. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. You know how much God loves you? He loves you so, so very much. So, so very much. And strength is beginning to arise right now. Thank you, Jesus. I asked Jesse to plan us just the other night. I was, I was eating with Jesse, Pastor Lawson, Ashley, and our families, and we're sitting there, and I'm looking at Jesse. I love Jesse. Man, Jesse Duplantis is awesome. I'm sitting with him. There's, there's a, a general in the faith, okay? I'm sitting there talking to Jesse, and i looking at this guy, and I just said to him, I was like, Jesse, how did you attain the things that God called you to? And he said, you know, people ask me all the time what the secret formula is. How do I have all this wealth, and how do I have all these things? And, 
he said, honestly, he goes, and this will sound stupid to a lot of people, I just truly believe God. I just actually believe him. You know, and I'm looking at Ashley, and I'm looking at Pastor, and I'm looking at Heather, and I'm like, so do I. Praise God. We need to get real serious about this stuff. Some of you need to change the image in here and the image in here. And you need to start running down a road where you begin to open this up and you get in the word of God. You begin to go forward. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 says, There is a law warring in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And the law of your mind is what contains you and keeps you captive to religion. Yeah? But if you can alter the law of your mind, the law of your mind simply is this. It's the incubator of creativity. It's the incubator to call those things that be not as though they were. And you step forward. And some of you, the reason that we begin to do this, some, some people watching right now live, some people that are here in this room, sometimes the reason we're struggling so much is because we've allowed the world to permeate or punch through the barrier of the law of our mind. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about just for a little bit tonight. And then we're going to get real prophetic tonight. Is that okay? No use coming to a meeting that's called prophetic if we don't do some prophesizing. Is that okay? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost is funny tonight. He's like, I love, how many of you know God has a sense of humor, right? If you don't believe that, look at the person next to you, amen? (laughs) Praise God. People are like, how dare you? Hey, you're looking at me too. So, no, praise God. (laughs) Praise Jesus. Man, it's time the church laughed a little bit. We got a lot going on here tonight. Let's just take a moment before we get into this teaching and let's just laugh for a second. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. The Lord knows this is so, what I'm telling you is so true. I came running, I was, I was shaving and getting ready before my morning lives. We do morning lives five days a week. And, um, you know, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Come on, Jesus. We're like bringing it. People are like, Joseph, how do you do that? I said, I don't know. God told me to. So I just do it. I'm serious. I wake up in the morning and I almost read in the air what God wants me to talk about. I'm just like, well, okay, Jesus, we'll talk about whatever. And uh, anyway, one morning I woke up, and it's about a week and a half ago, something like that. And uh, I, I heard, here's what I heard in my spirit, man. I'm getting ready, praying. I'm like, God, what do you want me to talk about? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm yours to command. And all of a sudden I heard, ha, ha, ha. I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. I heard that. I was like, okay. And it was just like, ha, ha, ha. And I just began to hear the power of God come up on the inside of me. And the Lord gave me the scripture, Psalm 2. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. And I ran out and I said, Heather, I heard God laugh. And he sounds like this. Ha, ha, ha. He sounds just like that. I'm telling you, he sounds like that. And so, man, I was like, God's laughing. As, and I'm sure it's because of what was about to happen in America. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Praise God. When I do it, it almost sounds maniacal, but God sounds awesome. So now listen, God's sitting in the heaven and laughing. He's about to expose some of the evil wickedness that's going on in this world. It's coming. 
It's coming. I don't care who they declare. They might be declaring someone tonight who's going to win and all the things that are going on, whatever. Here's what I know. Ha, ha, ha. Praise Jesus. And we're going to begin to have some horsepower on us. Man, this church is going to grow. This church is going to make disciples. Thank you, Father. There's some churches that are hidden in the cleft of the rock. Palabra de Vida is one of those, the word of life. It's going to be, it's hidden in the rock, and God's going to begin to expose it against the darkness at his designed occasion. I'm telling you, it's coming, man. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Very quickly, let me just give you a quick little teaching here. I'm going to give you a snapshot of one of my teachings called Spiritual Warfare that works. Haven't really done a lot with this uh, particular section of it, and I'll give it to you tonight. You got to see this. This is going to be awesome. Let's go, if we can, in our Bibles very quickly. I want you to see something here in the Word of God, something powerful. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Turn there with me if you would. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Give me an amen if you're with me tonight. This is a 12-hour message, but the more you say amen, the faster I can preach. It's amazing. It's remarkable, really. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Everybody say this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, of the air of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now, I'm going to give this to you very quickly. Now, there's, this is what we're fighting right now. And people say, oh, no, the devil is up in the sky. He's fighting us from the heavens, right? This is a lot of like, you get, you get the intercessory warfare camp, which I come from, by the way. I'm not negative on it. I'm actually very positive on it because I believe in going for it in prayer. But you also got to understand what you're doing. If you don't understand what you're praying about and you don't really know what the Bible's saying, then you get these weird ideas. People read this scripture and they think it's talking about that we got demons flying around in the clouds. Whew. Right? I know, I know uh, some prophetic people and stuff that would climb up high cell towers and begin to try to cast these things down. I'm going up to the high places, the high places, right? I bind you, Lucifer. I bind you, Lou, right? Lou. Yeah, we don't, we don't need any more Lou. Okay, so... These things are happening, and they say, we got to get up, up there and begin to speak to the heavens and cry out at the sky and all that stuff. And I just want to say to you very quickly, that's not what this is talking about. In Ephesians, it talks about the prince of the power of the air, okay? The prince of the power of the air and things that are happening. And I'm just going to very quickly, for our purposes here, just try to make this a little bit more entertaining for you so you can understand where we're going with this. The prince of the power of the air. I want you to understand this word in Greek for air, very quickly, there's a reason I'm doing this, I am the prophetic Bob Ross, look at this, this is a happy little mountain, okay, now when you're looking at this, you're seeing some things that are unfolding, and you recognize when it says the prince of the power of the air, this word air, there's two Greek words for it, one is the word aether, in the Greek, the other one is the word air spelled this way. 
okay? When it's talking about the prince of the power of the air, most people, especially Christians that don't know what they're reading, they just look at this, they begin to say, it's talking about the air up there, the prince of the power of the sky, the prince of the power of up there. And you begin to realize there's two different definitions of this. One, most people are praying and saying, we gotta go up to the high places, High places and begin to tear this stuff down. Remember uh, the old Ron Canoli song? We're going up to the high places. Nobody. Nobody knows this song. To tear the devil's kingdom down. Let's go up. Nobody? About five of us are like, I know this. Hosanna Integrity. That's old school, man. Okay, now look at this. We realize this, so you recognize what's going on. The high places, they say this is where it's at. The high places, all this stuff. When you're looking at it, though, people assume it means this. So there's two Greek words for it. One is aether or air. Aether represents this arena right here. And this is a mountain, and this is to, to show you elevation. That's the reason I drew a mountain. So you see high and low. Now you're looking at this aether in the Greek is talking about really high areas in the air, and it's really thin. It's got no, um, you know, I don't know what to say. The altitude is very thin. There's very little air, and it's really clean up here, okay? It's like way up there, talking about up by Everest, those kind of things. That's Aether. When you're looking at this, so people say, let's cast out the devil out of Aether, uh, the prince of the power of Aether, the high places, way up in the air. But that's not the word used in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. The word used in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 is this Greek word, air, and this actually is here, A-E-R. And it's describing the lower regions off the, the closer parts of the earth where it's, the air is thicker. And this is where you begin to see it. And it happens to be, in one commentary I read, it could be that it's about six feet off the ground. Which has to do with the mind. So the high places, just very quickly, and I'd go into this for, you know, another 20 minutes if we had the time tonight, and I don't want to. I want to get to where we need to go. But listen, you recognize that it's talking about the prince of the power of the air is talking about the prince of the power of the carnal mind. Okay? So the high places, and this goes in line with all the other scripture. It says, take every thought captive to the authority of Jesus Christ. It says, we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. It's talking about the mind. It's talking about this circumstance. You've got to recognize every other place you read this is talking about your thinking. The fiery darts of the enemy is about your thinking. Anything that the devil can influence your thinking with, you're giving him power. And you realize in Ephesians 2, chapter 2, it's saying so clearly here, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in, in the sons of disobedience, works in the sons of disobedience. Doesn't work up here, up there. The devil's not like a dragon flying around at 747s, you know, come back here. It's not like that. You got a jet going and you look out the window, it's like, there's Lou. He's not doing that. He's not flapping his wings, chasing them around, right? You ever see that movie, Reign of Fire, Matthew McConaughey, amen? He had the action hero haircut in that movie. He's like, I'm gonna kill me some dragons, right? But you recognize that this, I'm sorry, sorry, I was too much too soon. But you realize 
that you got the devil and people think he's up in the space flying around. That's not where he is. What does he need up there? There's nothing up there. He needs your mind. He needs this generation's mind. He needs people's thinking because you're free moral agents. And free moral agents means that just because you have a physical body on this earth, that's where real spiritual warfare is. It's not based on demons that can make stuff float, right? You ever hear people that talk about that? Demons, they, they came in and they started levitating things. It was so terrifying, so terrifying. You know what I say to that? Big deal. Because, check this out, guys. Watch, watch what I can do. Check this out. A demon doesn't, we're like, oh, why? Right? But it's just because it's, it's smoke and mirrors. They're being leveraged by another free moral agent. Meaning, witchcraft only works when people get in cooperation with demons. And the culture is being lost in many areas because they're not being taught, they're not being reached out to, and they're not having their minds transformed. So when the kingdom of darkness has a bunch of people that have more authority than it bowing to it, just like the devil tried to get Jesus to do, then what begins to happen is now you got a real problem. Now we got darkness and light clashing because of thinking. A belief system. So what do we do? Jesus came, oh man, this is good stuff. This is good preaching. Listen to me. Jesus came and to do what? Jesus came in John, 1 John chapter 3, 8, it says, for this reason, the Son of Man was revealed or manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil is when he begins to own people's minds. He begins to own their soul because they, they have not been renewed in their mind. They've not been born again, given their life to Jesus, repenting and turning away from this stuff. And you even have believers, believers cutting down other believers. Can you, can you imagine it? Believers that act like the devil. Believers that talk about their brothers and sisters. Do you know gossips are listed with murderers in the Bible? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We got grace, right? Jesus loves us, and there's nothing we can do about it. Thank you, God, for Jesus. But listen, you got to begin to recognize some of these things. The reason we need to drive the word of God into our mind and our heart, we need to stay in prayer and turn off the stupid news. We should just call it the bad news. What's on the bad news today, right? That's why we go live every morning. We go live every morning to try to bring prophetic journalism to talk about some current events, but then come at it with faith and stand people up. Man, I just refuse to be weak. What are we, what are we afraid of, guys? What are we afraid of? You know what we're afraid of? Death. We're afraid of ridicule, all that stuff. Jesus said he made of himself no reputation. Man, the Son of Man said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Everybody's running around. I want to be an apostle. I want to be a prophet. I want to be evangelist, pastor, teacher. How about child care worker? You know what my first job was in the church? Cleaning the restrooms. <laughs> Vacuuming the floors. Rearranging chairs. For years in my early journey in Christianity. I was the get Joe. He'll do what you tell him to do guy. 
right? I'm telling you, we need to learn this stuff. We need to get after it. And we start breaking through strongholds, man. And it's the hardest thing in the world is to think the best of your brothers and sisters, especially when they're not being nice to you. Man, that's tough stuff. There's some people years ago, I would have loved to have lit a paper bag on fire on their doorstep. I thought this would be a good thing to do, Jesus. And he's like, no, Joseph. I'm like, yes, Lord. He's like, no. <laughs> now we got to get down this thing. We begin loving people, man. We actually got to let Christ in us, the hope of glory, shine out. How are we going to be known by, by all this other stuff? No, by our love for one another. And this is something we got to begin to develop in. And I, I develop in it every day. I look in the mirror. I'm like, that is the temple of the Holy Ghost right there. You know, we've got to begin to think that way. Now, at the end of all this understanding, here's why the world is going crazy. The world's going crazy because we've got a bunch of spoiled brats running around in the world right now that don't know where they come from. They don't know where they're going. They haven't been whooped as kids. They don't know what's happening, okay? That's one side of it. You know all these people burning stuff in the streets? They're all the kids that didn't get whooped as kids. No, Bobby, it's going to be another timeout for you. No! Okay, you win, right? And now they're, they're 25 years old and lighting stuff on fire. Yeah, right? I don't know who to slap, them or the parents. I, I don't know. <laughs> Is this helping anyone? We okay? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's what we got to say about this, though, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. We're believers in Jesus. And we're stepping forward. we got to put our love on, because when you have real love, Jesus working through you, you get bold. You'll get bold. We were just in Washington, D.C. Uh, it was uh, the, the ladies, Dave and I, and a few of us, and you know, I had my daughter, Allie, there. And we ended up going and um, uh, confronting a group of protesters when they were trying to stop Amy Coney Barrett from going in. And we're standing at the Supreme Court steps, and these people are shouting and screaming, and I, I just got real comfortable. And Dave and I did, too. You know, Dave stands there. And if you're, if you're with Dave, who's a former bounty hunter, he used to work in the dog, the bounty hunter group. And, uh, you know, so Dave, like if people, yeah, it's just fun having Dave with you. It's great. I just feel a little more bold. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the first time I met Dave, I was preaching. I'm preaching in Colorado Springs, and a guy manifests and starts running from the back of the meeting and jumped on stage and started screaming and came at me, you know, and I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> you know, like what's going on? Now, you know you're doing good preaching when people jump up in the audience and confront you. I feel so normal when that happens now. So if anybody's got any demons and you jump up and scream, welcome to the meeting, okay? And so this guy comes up to the front, and Dave was the first one there and caught him. And I was like, whoa, and we formed a bond that day. Yeah, it was good. Thank you, Jesus. I've been in meetings where things are so out of order, people come running at me in the meeting, and uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. Your presence demands an explanation. Sometimes demons just don't like the Jesus in you. And people are like, well, they're a Christian. Yep, and some Christians, they just got demons. Can a Christian be oppressed, possessed, you know, depressed? What is it? I don't know, but they got demons. When, when they're, you know, the head's spinning around, they're spitting out pea soup, you know, they got demons, okay? So... And so, too much, okay? And so you realize this thing, that this happens and all this. And uh, I've been in meetings where I wasn't protected. Nobody, nobody was there. And, and uh, I had to fend them off while I'm preaching. Don't mind this person here, you know? And so it's exciting. So I just got to say to you, Jesus is going to wake people up tonight. Man, thank you, Father. 
Your presence demands an explanation. I feel strong right now. Thank you, Father. So look, guys, we need to start taking our dominion, taking our authority, and where we go, our presence should demand an explanation. And sometimes that's not always a positive experience. And then you show love, and then you're not afraid. You're just not afraid. People don't know what to do with people that know who they are. They just don't know what to do with it. It's like the three boys that got thrown in the furnace. Nope, King, we're probably not bowing today. He's like, we're going to burn you. They're like, you know, we know that, and we're still not going to do it. He's like, make the fire hotter. They're like, that is a hot fire, but we're not bowing today. Isn't that good? That's how we need to be. Praise God. Pastor, I've been looking at you all night. And as soon as I looked at you, I saw a person with a broken arm, and I saw you mending it. Because God mended you with a broken scenario some time back. And God began to show you mercy and grace. And you have mercy and grace for people. And God's going to use you in networking. He's going to use you in alignment. He's going to begin to put things together. And I see it like spokes coming out of a hub and, and strength coming forward, going out and coming back. And there being a united front that God brings to you. The hand of God is in your life. You're a father. You're a spiritual father. You're going to bring healing and wholeness to young men, young people, and many leaders that begin to, to, to come to you. I'm, I'm seeing strongly that God is going to wake up people, but also he's going to wake up wisdom through you to them. And victory is going to come. God's also touching your household and your family. I see life beginning to come into that. He's like injecting life into circumstances where there was death. It's like the Lord saying, Lazarus is coming forth. Lazarus is coming forth. Life is coming. In Jesus' name, God is redeeming the days. He's redeeming times and seasons. No, there is not lost time. No, there are not lost seasons. The Lord says, I make all things new. And he's bringing strength to you and through you. I see a highway and a road coming out of you. And the Lord says, this is a legacy. I, there will be a sending anointing that comes on your life. And people will be sent out from this anointing and from the mandate that's upon you. I know you, says the Lord. I begin to call you forward. Even at the age of two years old, I protected your life. I looked over you and I watched over you. I am the Lord your God and I do not fail. I protect you and I provide and I will do it again in this season. 2021 will be very different than this year for you. There will be great strength and there will be great wisdom. The sons of Issachar anointing will come around you and you'll begin to know. You'll begin to see You'll begin to judge the signs of the times and people will say one thing and you'll say, let's put wisdom on that. Here's the real story. And God's put that in you. You have a teaching gift. You have a mobilization gift. You're a team player. But even more than that, God's gonna raise you up into a father. There was another man that was supposed to mentor you further and they only could take you so far. And the Lord said, I'm bringing you forward and peeling away from that circumstance was my hand and my will. And I brought you forward and protected you. And I'm doing it again today. And I love you and I know you. I know you. And God's saying, you're my son. And I protect you. There was a Mufasa that was supposed to raise up a Simba. But now Simba is Mufasa. And this time is coming forward. And great will be the reward. And great will be the strength. I have called you. I have marked you. I am the Lord your God, and I do not fail you. The dry bones will live. The wind is blowing on the garden. 
and victory will come out of adversity. I hear the Lord saying, I know you. You're never going to quit on me. You're never going to quit on me. I see the education in your mind. I see the books. I see the word of God in you. This is not a game to you. It's everything to you. Sir, I don't know you, but I really like you. You have a call of God on your life, and I bless you. I speak peace over you, your household, in the name of Jesus. The fear of God, the love of God, the strength of God. Woman of God, the strength in you, the ability to speak to the rock, the ability to speak to the mountain, the ability to curse the fig tree, the ability I've given you is to speak and declare. And even the song of the Lord that comes out of you begins to move things out of the way. It's a prophetic psalmist anointing that when you begin to sing, even while you're alone and you're just singing to the Lord, the Lord begins to speak through you and there's angelic movement as you sing out the word of the Lord. And God is with you in dreams, visions, and I see you writing, and God comes through that in a revelatory way. And strength will begin to arise. You are God's woman. I see the word chariot, 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 and I believe God's going to give you new wheels. I believe he's going to give you some strength. I think some things are happening. There's going to be surprise victories for the faithful in this season. People that draw back, they're going to lose a lot in this coming season. People that lean in, and they've been faithful. These ones, there's going to be surprise victories, and that is yours in Jesus' name. Man, I like you guys. You're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, Jesus likes us so much. I'm in meetings sometimes, and I'm, I'm listening to the preaching as I'm preaching it, and I, I literally hear God say, that's good preaching. I feel it in my spirit, man. I'm like, you like this, Jesus? He's like, I love it. That's how I feel. I really do. I wake up in the morning and God's like, I love you, Joseph. I'm like, I love you too, God. Now let's go torment the darkness. It's true. Man, if we knew what we had, if we walked around like we're loaded, because we are. If we walked around like we actually had something instead of pretending like, you know, we're, we're hiding and not, not doing the stuff. I'm telling you, the Lord God Almighty is waking you up for this divine occasion. Let me give you one more scripture, and I want to minister a little bit. Let's go here, if we can, to uh, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, very quickly. The book of Hebrews, so many things we can get into. Hebrews chapter 11, I mentioned we want to get into faith tonight, right? Talked about faith. We need to start stirring up our faith, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Father. Somebody's got investments in oil. Yeah? right there? Yeah, there's an investment in oil, and something's happening with that. I see something happening. It's almost like there's a breakthrough coming in the ocean. There's something happening, like a breakthrough, and things are happening, and there's an investment in oil that's going to begin to manifest and bear fruit. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's shouting, electric, electric, electric. That's coming. But listen, I believe some, there's something about this, and I don't know if this is for everybody in it or just this person, and, and man of God, if it's you, Sean, then I speak life over you right now. But oil, I see oil, I see water, I see the ocean, I see things happening, and I see a return, and I see something breaking through the ground, and there's, there's, um, there's like a surprise win. I bless you, brother. You're awesome. Praise God. Okay, Hebrews. 
Hebrews chapter 11, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. faith. You know, you look at all these guys, Abraham, Noah, Enoch, Abel. You know, everybody says, what is faith? Well, faith is the substance, right, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means the law of the mind, Romans 7, as we started out with, we got to begin to focus in on the word of God until the unseen becomes more real than what we see. Okay? People are like, that sounds like brainwashing. Totally true. (laughs) Totally true. I am the brainwasher. Washing your mind with the water of the word, Ephesians 5, right? Now listen, you recognize this, Hebrews 11, by faith. People say, though, okay, I get it, the concept, by faith. What does that mean? Well, what was faith to Abel? It was to offer a great offering. Faith to Abel was, I'm going to give an offering that pleases God. If you asked Abel, what is faith? He's like, to give an excellent offering, right? If you asked Enoch, Enoch, what is faith? Enoch would say, to walk with God and to be no more. To walk with God so closely that one day he's gone, right? Enoch. If you were to ask Abraham, Abraham, what is faith? To leave a land and just go. Well, where am I going, Lord? I'll tell you when you get there. Faith for Abraham was a number of things. But to believe God that he was going to have a lot of kids when he was, like, old. Right? And you go down the whole, whole row and you start asking yourself, what was faith to this one? What was faith to Noah? What was faith to Noah? Faith to Noah was, build me an ark. Build me an ark. God is giving you your faith assignment in life. And right now, it's just to stand and believe and lean in. Your faith does indeed move mountains. And the opposite of faith is fear. And that's countered by love. Faith works by love. Now, here's what I'm saying to you very quickly. All the way at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, we get all the way here to verse 30. Hebrews eleven thirty. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Somebody shout out, by faith. And they were encircled for seven days. By faith. Somebody say, by faith. The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And it goes on to say in verse 32, what more shall we say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms. Everybody say subdue kingdoms. Worked righteousness. Go ahead, say it after me. Worked righteousness. Obtain promises. Stop the mouths of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. And out of weakness were made strong. There's so much more I could get into. It talks about valiant in battle, received their dead. Some gave up their life for faith. Now, here's what we're talking about with this. Faith, when you apply it, is ready for whatever you're facing. And that's the point of this. It's ready to be applied for whatever you're facing. And it's powerful. It is powerful. It is mighty. Okay? And so when you recognize this, for example, I was so jacked up on the Word of God one time. I was walking through the woods with another friend. We're going through a trail. We're walking along. And all of a sudden, this Rottweiler comes full tilt running at me, okay? I've had a few bad experiences with Rottweilers. But this Rottweiler comes running at me full tilt. You know, you know it's like when a dog is barking at you and running? That usually means they're just trying to scare you. But when they're running and not barking and they're full on at you, that's a different scenario, This dog was like, I'm going to kill you, right? 
It was like, I was like, ooh, that's not slowing down. It's like a missile with dust coming up behind it. And it's getting close to me. And as this dog got close, another friend was there. And the thing, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, it jumped right at me with its mouth open, like from here to the front row. I, mean, I was like, what is going on? It's launching at me. And what came out of me is I said, in the name of Jesus, no. Like that, I yelled, in the name of Jesus. I bound this dog. And it stopped. And it sat there. And then it geared up again, uh huh. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I put my finger in its face and I said, I bind you. <laughs> and we're going in circles like this. And I was like, I bind you. Yeah, in Jesus' name, no, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. And finally the dog was just like done with it and ran away. It was crazy. And my friend was like, that was intense. You know, like, that was amazing. But that's using your faith. I'll tell you what, that's using your faith. Praise God. I remember one time a, a guy tried to hit me. He came up and tried to punch me, okay? He tried to punch me, and all of a sudden, I, I'd been reading the Bible, and I don't know what I did. All of a sudden, I just went like this, and I caught his fist. I was like, that was awesome. That was awesome. And he looked at me like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens, man, you know? And um, like, <laughs> and, and I just, <laughs> that's right. I was just like, yeah, and then I turned it over like Neo, yeah. No, I'm, I didn't do that. Uh, that didn't happen at all. I just got to tell you guys. <laughs> oh, praise God. You think it's tough listening to it. You should be in here. And so, but you recognize this, though, that God will make you look good if you're in faith. He'll make you work it out. You'll work through things. God wants us to unify and begin to come forward in faith and begin to stop the kingdom of darkness. So praise God. So let's do this. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord right now, all of us, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to picture, listen to me, I want you to begin to picture the blessing, not the blessing, not something goofy or off base. I'm talking biblical blessing, something good that you're not letting yourself have permission to picture. I give you permission right now to believe God for the impossible. Maybe for some of you, that's complete financial freedom and liberty. Maybe for some of you, that's healing in your body. Maybe for some of you, that's salvation of your whole family. Or maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's a destination. Maybe it's a house. Maybe, whatever it might be. I want you to see that right now, the law of your mind. Romans chapter 7. And I say in Jesus' name, that's yours. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours right now. God, we stretch out our faith. It pleases God when we do this. We're acting like him. When we call those things that be not as though they are. Somebody say out loud by faith, that's mine. Say, oh yeah, that's mine. Say, I possess that. I call this thing that be not as though it were. That's mine. In Jesus' name. Okay. Listen now. That pleases the Lord. I had to get delivered of this. You know what God just asked me to believe him for? That we reach millions and millions of people every day through live broadcast. That we reach millions of people. Global saturation is what I'm believing God for. 
And as soon as I started believing that way, things started going forward differently for us. I give you permission to start believing God bigger. I give you permission. It doesn't matter what's going on. Things are difficult. We need to pray. We need to lean in. Um, We need to apply faith to this. We need to apply faith to this. I'm telling you, the 450 prophets of Baal, the spirit of Jezebel working through them, they do not want to give up their power. And that's the media right now. And we need to be leaning in in faith, man. Elijah, in a world of darkness, with evil, satanic, nefarious powers, one man stands against the 450 prophets of Baal and Jezebel's eunuchs. One man declared war on darkness, and fire fell, right? Yeah, Elijah, two. No, nobody? Okay. I thought that was awesome, personally, but yeah. Some of you are like, yeah. Amen, thank Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> God's good. That's good. So here's what we realize, though. The Spirit of the Lord is waking us up. You know how much God loves us? Thank you, Jesus. This church has a spirit of faith on it. This church is, is symbolic even with the multicultural unity that's here. What a blessing. I love coming here. I love trying to figure out what Pastor Ben is saying to the wonderful Spanish community. I'm like, I wish I could speak two languages so bad, God. Thank you, Jesus. But I embarrass myself, so I just memorized Palabra de Vida. That's right. <laughs> Praise God. I was in Brazil and I tried to throw out some Portuguese and my interpreter pulled the mic and I was like, Joseph, no, no. No, Joseph. <laughs> Praise God. He's like, you, you, you just insulted the audience. Do not do that again. No. It's great. Praise God. <laughs> God's awesome. Praise Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, I don't know how to say this. I say this respectfully, but I was with a a friend um, who spent some time with Kim Clement. I never had the privilege of meeting Kim Clement. And I remember being in this moment, and they came and they said, I just want to see what happens when I do this. And they took this, this piece of fabric, and they threw it over my neck. And they wrapped it around my neck, you know, loosely. <laughs> and um, and they, they were praying with me. And all of a sudden, I felt the power of God come on me. And I, I went out in the spirit. And I didn't know what was going on. And uh, they caught me. I didn't fall on the floor. They're holding me up. And they're like, oh, and they're screaming in tongues. And I'm screaming in tongues. I'm like, what's happening? And they said, this belonged to Kim Clement. And they said, I, I put this on you because I felt like the Holy Ghost told me to. And I felt power come on me and the Lord said I'm beginning to alter and you're picking up different mantles in this season for your ministry it wasn't too long ago that the Lord asked me didn't command me but asked me to lay down our ministry and we were doing very very well at the time I had several churches things we were doing and the Lord asked me and said I want you to lay it down Joseph I want you to lay it down and I'm going to bless your family and your children I'm going to take care of some things but I had a stadium meeting planned. I had big things going. They'd already promoted it, all these things. And I, um, I said, yes, sir. And so for roughly three years, three years, we just sat in the mountains and got reacquainted as a family. 
got reacquainted with stuff. And we had this huge partnership base that went to zero. And we're just sitting there and people were like, Andrew Womack asked me, how'd you eat? <laughs> I said, we had chickens. <laughs> we did. And so we just did this for a season and we just sat there and just began to minister to the Lord, love the Lord, love each other. And Heather and I realized we still liked each other. That was good. It was serious because I, I found out I didn't mean to be, but I got married to ministry. I wasn't having fun anymore either. Guys, listen, if, if I'm not having fun in the meeting, you're not going to have fun. And neither is God. A lot of preachers come up here and they're like, tonight, we're going to talk about holy things, right? And you're like, you know, I, no, I think that's good. I think if you're in your anointing, but listen, we, I just realized that God has a sense of humor. He really does. And God wanted to restore our, our family just to be whole, strong. And I think a lot of people in ministry forfeit some things because they're not sensitive to that window. And man, I laid it all down and um, it was hard for me. For the first year, you know, I was like, going on like crazy nature hikes. I couldn't control my, myself. I'm going all over the place. I got to conquer something. And, and finally the Lord's like, you're going to calm down. You're going to calm down. And finally I did. And about the time I did, there's a whole bunch of story in this. And, and uh, about the time I did, then I'm sitting in my truck and I'm, I'm sitting on a part of our property and all this. And I'm sitting there. And for the third time in my life, the Holy Spirit filled up my vehicle and I felt like God was sitting in my vehicle next to me. I couldn't even look over there. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, God's here. And people are like, oh, if God began to appear to me, I'd just ask him questions. I'd look at him. No, you wouldn't. I promise you, you wouldn't. People are like, I got all these questions for God. When I get to heaven, I'm asking him all these questions and all that. I think when you get to heaven, you're going to be like, I'm so glad I didn't ask him those stupid questions. <laughs> glad I'm here. <laughs> I'll tell you, the power of God and the presence of God filled up next to me. And I was actually watching a Jesse DePlanis teaching. And I'm watching it. Somebody sent it to me. And I'm just like, yeah, I love Jesse. Praise God. Going through this. And all of a sudden, he, Jesse clicks in and starts going prophetic. And he's prophesying to people in the audience. And I'm like, yeah, God, I've done that for years. Praise God. I love that. I love ministering to your people. And the Lord all of a sudden fills up the vehicle and said, you know what I've called you to do. Basically, now quit running from it. I needed to park you so you could hear me and then speak to you again and re-engage this mandate. And so for 20-something years, I ran from the title prophet. Anybody that runs around because they really want to have a title, I'm a prophet, and they want that going on, man, honestly, I'm just like, dude, calm down. You probably haven't been beat enough in ministry. You'll, you'll figure it out, trust me. But when you, when you begin to realize that God's called you and it's not a joke, and then he backs up that call, and, and I'm not trying to induce anything. I'm just doing what he told me to do. I'll tell you what, it's, it's a different, different ball game when you surrender to that. And the Lord spoke to me, and I know where he spoke it to me, and I know when he spoke it to me. And I came back in, and I'm like, all right, Heather, he told me. And another thing that happened, Pastor Ben, is uh, I used to make fun of people that had angels encounters and stuff. You know, people that had angel encounters or, you know, like, because you travel the nations and half the pastors you meet have been to heaven 47 times. You know what I'm talking about? Nobody? Okay, like, 
Yeah, again, they're like, I, I went there again over lunch. I, I was eating lunch and I was in heaven. It's like, wow, it's, it's just okay, you know? And, and you don't want to cut it down. You're not trying to do that. But I'm just like, really? Like, what, what happened? They're like, yeah, I was just there. I took a little visitation, came back. I'm like, so what happened? And they're like, I was just there. And no details, no nothing. I'm like, okay, are you sure? You, what's in your food? I mean, you know? And so, but, but the truth is, is that does happen to some people. And so I'm not trying to be funny about it. I just, you know, sometimes you just don't know. I think people like to say things. I don't like to just say things. So I've always poked at people like, yeah, you saw an angel, huh? Yeah, praise God. Yeah, I was touched by an angel. Well, in my experience, if you read the Bible, it's more like you're torched by an angel. Like he comes like, rah. Anyway, and so I was sitting there teaching one time, and all of a sudden, um, I'd done a live broadcast, and I'm saying this for a reason. All of a sudden, I, I was finished up teaching this live broadcast, and I'm sitting there, and I've been teaching on angels. Angels. I actually have that series back there called Archangels, Servants of Fire. And I was teaching that series. And I finished one session and I'm sitting there and the presence of God came on me. And I heard these words. I heard these words. I am Gabriel. And I come to you from the throne of God. And I come to you for the turn of the tide. And I said, what? I remember somebody just asked me recently, what did you do when they said that? I said, I went, ah! <laughs> and Heather was there, and the room, it, it just changed. And then all of a sudden, I began to have this prophetic encounter. God began to speak to me about this season. And through this circumstance and all that, I began to recognize God was saying that there was a turn of the tide coming. There were things happening. And he said, I have need of you after the coming election. That's one of the things that began to be induced in my spirit, man. I have need of you after the election. And I believe the church is in a now moment, a Kairos now moment. And it's our choice what we're going to do by faith right now. You know what Kairos is? It's the full, it's the, the, uh, an appointed time, a choice. We do something with it. And we can either let the window pass. You know, people say, no, 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 God's in control. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Remember when Jesus came to Jerusalem? He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I wanted to hold you in my arms, but you wouldn't have it. And he wept over Jerusalem because they rejected him. I believe the church is Christ in this earth right now. As he is, so are we, 1 John 4. As he is, so are we. And I believe very clearly, I believe we have the opportunity to turn the tide by faith. Just express your faith. You say, well, what does that mean? Express your faith. And let God lead you and guide you. Express your faith and love. Get in the word of God. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm an 11th hour prophet. I believe we're coming into the 12th hour. By faith. We gotta access it by faith. Thank you, Jesus.
In the middle of this adversity, folks, I feel God beginning to do things in people all over this room on the broadcast and all this right now. I believe God is beginning to wake up divine occasion in you. He's waking up assignments in you, beginning to break you out of fear, beginning to break you out of timidity and beginning to lean in in Jesus' name. It's your time. It's time to arise and shine. Man, I'm ready to preach another hour, and I'm not going to do it to you. You guys are like, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm not going to do that to you. But listen to me. The Lord is beginning to wake some things up inside people. Thank you, Father. I believe this generation is being set up for the greatest wealth transfer in history, if we can receive it. I think it's going to come through business leaders. I think it's going to come through wild opportunities. I think there's going to be a shift. I think things are going to begin to happen. It's been so loud in my spirit for about two years now, and it's getting louder and louder, and things look more difficult and chaotic and all that. But the Lord's saying, the hidden treasures of darkness belong to the righteous. It belongs to the righteous. And I just release increase over all of you right now. Because we've missed it in the idea of what prosperity is. It's a corporate anointing, not just the individual. That's the issue. People are like, no, it's all about me, myself, us four and no more. That's good. God loves that. But what it really is about is the corporate body of Christ bringing his covenant around the earth. That's the purpose. And if you get in line with that, God will find ways to increase you. I'm a wealthy guy. I used to, be, I used to not be able to say that. So I was like, oh, I'm in ministry. They're going to think, huh, how'd this work? How'd that happen? All this. I got to tell you, Joseph Z, wealthy dude. I am. And I have some of my business buddies come around. They're like, you need to be a little more loud and proud about some of this stuff. I'm like, yeah, the church folks, they, I don't know if they roll with this too good. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm not playing. God has blessed my wife and I. He's blessed us. We are like land magnets. My grandpa had that anointing too. It's like we just, stuff just happens. And praise God, I, I just feel increase all over me. And I, I'm not afraid to say this. I was talking to Jesse too, and he's like, oh yeah. I said, Jesse, thank you for preaching the hundredfold. So many people don't believe in it. He said, well, it's written in red. I said, I know, it's written in red. Jesus said it. Personally, I absolutely believe in the hundredfold return. I just do. Why? Because Jesus said it, period. End of conversation for me. Well, I don't see it happening. That doesn't matter. If Jesus said it, we can have it, period. Mark t chapter 10, anyone who's given up lands, houses, mothers, brothers, sisters, families, whatever, for my sake and the gospel shall now in this time receive 100 times as much. So Heather and I, we believe that with all our heart. We give like it, we go for it, and there is a multiplier. I will never apologize for the increase in this ministry, ever. I'm telling you, you sow here, it's coming your way. Praise God. You sow into Pastor Ben, it's coming your way. There's an apostolic authority on him. Pastor Ben is as red as it gets. People are like, what does red mean? Red means apostles and prophets, the mobilized heart of God. It's the fivefold ministry. It's the red church, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Honestly, we're in a very serious season right now. I take this stuff very serious. 
And I believe just by being present, saturating in the word of God, being here, you might want to go get some people, say, hey, don't watch the news. Let's go listen to the word. And uh, you're going you're gonna to get it. And I'm telling you, we're going to give you the word. We're going to prophesy. I'm going to do some teaching. Uh, I may get into some areas uh, discerning between what is a false prophet and a real prophet, getting into that stuff, doing some teaching for you, because there's such a bad understanding. Prophets are the most controversial topic in the fivefold. People are just like, are you a prophet? Aren't you a prophet? What's this? What's that? I'm going to make it so simple. You're going to be like, oh, I get it. It's going to be great. You'll just literally go, oh, okay. As opposed to, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to have five different gifts, and it multiplied that way in the Bible, and then you do math equation over here, stand on one foot, crow like a chicken, you just might be a prophet, you know? And people don't even know what, what you're talking about. The truth is, you, you run, have you ever listened to the teaching? Here's what makes a prophet. You're like, uh-huh. You don't, know what's, you don't know what it is about. Does it mean you, if you prophesy, you're a prophet? No. As a matter of fact, people in the body of Christ that desire prophecy can have a stronger gift to prophesy than even a person in the office. That'll bake your noodle a little bit, but it's true. It's true. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Well, it's been a real joy being with you guys tonight. We've got a tape table back there, ministry stuff. I love you. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Ben, and I will see you 9 a.m. God bless you.